The Daily Rios for April 3rd, 2013. New Comics Wednesday and also previews. So we're going to jump right in here. On the shelves today, another issue of Kill Shakespeare Tide of Blood number 2 from IDW. Glory number 34 is the final issue of that series from Image Comics, which I enjoyed the few issues that I've read so far. I am way backed up on that. Harbinger Wars kicks off at Valiant with issue number one. Princeless volume two number one finally hits the stands today. From Fanagraphics, we have Julio's Day. It's a hardcover, uh, which was originally serialized in Love and Rockets Volume 2, but never completed. And this is by Gilbert Hernandez. So if you are looking to pick up some more Love and Rockets stories, there you go. Back Issue 63 is all about the British invasion, both at Marvel and DC, spotlighting such stories like V for Vendetta, uh, Excalibur, Martial Law, Doctor Who, Marvel UK. There's an interview with Peter Milligan and Brendan McCarthy. And then it talks about a whole bunch of other stuff. Uh, Brian Boland, Alan Davis, Dave Gibbons, The Usuals, Des Skin. Uh, and then um, all of it's under a cover by Ron Wilson and Dave Hunt. Showcasing art from Marvel UK's rare 1970s Quadra poster. All of that edited by Michael Yuri. For Marvel today, all-new X-Men 10, Deadpool 7, Indestructible Hulk number 6, Red She-Hulk 64, Superior Spider-Man number 7. Next Wednesday is Marvel is Marvel Now's six-month anniversary, so I'll be doing my final thoughts of all the titles up to that point, and then probably not talking much about them after that. Uh, in stores today, also Thanos Rising number one by Jason Aaron and Simone Bianchi and Simone Peruzzi. Uh, taking a look at the origin of Thanos Rising, obviously, because of you know what's going on in the Marvel movie uni universe. From DC, did you see the gatefold covers on DC's books starting this week? There might be a few spoilers here. So maybe for the next two minutes, if you don't want to listen. Um, they've been plastered online all over the place. Uh, some have been on Bleeding Cool. Other ones DC has put out at different websites. So I've seen a few before. I saw the new Batwing. The Earth 2 one continues the emergence of some Kirby concepts into the new 52. The Green Lantern one has story potential. But the Phantom Stranger one has... And I, I don't think I've seen this before. Maybe I have and I just forgot. But Phantom Stranger, when you open it up, has the question. And not the female question, but the male question. And I know that's been a character that's been bounced around in the New 52. I just did not expect him to pop up in that series. Although it makes sense because they are going to spin out a whole bunch of three um, series around the whole Trinity concept between Pandora Phantom Stranger, and I assume Question is the other one. So, uh, yeah, I thought that was kind of cool. I hadn't seen that before, so I thought that was neat. And then the biggie at DC today, Detective Comics 19, or, in actuality, Detective Comics issue 900. It's a mega-sized issue. Flip through it, there are a lot of man-bats in there. So if man-bat is your thing, pick it up. Man-bats. Everywhere. Man-bats. One other thing for DC for today, or I should say Vertigo, and I guess you consider this a little bit of an editorial, a little bit of a, an opinion. 
uh, Punk Rock Jesus gets a trade and it's out today. And I saw on Sean Gordon Murphy's Twitter that it has extra story pages. So I'm half tempted <laughs> to respond or email him and say, hey, uh, I pushed the book before it came out and I picked up all the single issues. Could you, I don't know, maybe email me those extra story pages and tell me where they fit in so I don't have to pick up the trade? <laughs> I mean, great. You know, look, the trade will attract more eyes over the single issues. I get that. And that's a good thing for Sean Murphy. He's a great artist. I love his stuff. I always have, always will. But damn, do I hate when collections do that. I hate that. And this isn't a Sean Murphy thing because it's fairly common as a fish hook to get people to double dip, which is something that I rarely do. I rarely double dip. You know, it's one thing if you do a series and for some reason you just can't finish it, and maybe the last issue doesn't come out or the last two issue comes out. So you have to move it to a collection. I get that. That happens. It happens to me with um, Red Five's Moon Girl. It was a five-issue miniseries. Last issue didn't come out. I hear there were things involved and, and the last issue uh, never made it to the stands. So it's all in the trade. Do I pick it up? I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to pick it up. But I'm not as miffed about that as I, as I normally get with the casual tossing in of uh, extra content when uh, stories do wrap up. And I know it's a sell. No one has to explain to me why they're doing it. I know. It's just something that I personally do not like. Now, having said that, Punk Rock Jesus is a great read. So get it. And then someone can read the extra pages to me. What do you do when you're raised to be a weapon, but you're tired of death? How do you quit the past when violence is all around you? When somebody pushes you far enough, you push back. And if they're not dead already, it's only because I haven't killed them yet. Hi, Rachel Alec here, star of Ghostline and Officer Down. I'm training for my next lead role as Tura Gun Angel based on the comic book character by Martheus Wade. Like Catwoman and Black Widow, Tura can seduce you one minute and kick your butt the next. Come see me in action at TuraGunAngel.com. All right, let's get to previews. Previews. This is the April previews for books mostly shipping in June. Casually flipping through Marvel Uncanny Avengers number 9 by Rick Remender and Daniel Acuna has a giant celestial in it, and I love me some celestials. So uh, look forward to that issue when that comes out in about uh, four or five months. Uh, Ultimate Comics Spider-Man number 24 has Cloak and Dagger in it. I don't know if they've ever appeared in the Ultimate Universe before. I don't read the Ultimate Universe. But I do love me some Cloak and Dagger ever since their four-issue miniseries back in the 80s with uh, fabulous artwork by Rick Leonardi. And then they uh, showed up in Peter Parker's Spectacular Spider-Man. I think they showed up there first. But I got a few issues of that. Uh, they were in New Mutants, which I really enjoyed. They were in Strange Tales, a series that was uh, around in late 80s that they shared with Doctor Strange. Uh, and I've always liked the Cloak and Dagger concept. They also showed up in Runaways for two issues in the first volume, I believe. And I actually picked it up because it's Cloak and Dagger. And they're one of my favorite uh, lesser uh, spotlighted characters. So that was kind of a cool image to see. Uh, Marvel pu is putting out um, a little mini collection called Star-Lord The Hollow Crown, 
with stories by Steve Englehart and Chris Claremont, uh, and artwork by John Byrne and Michael Golden and a whole bunch of others. And this is collecting his earliest stuff, some of his earliest stuff, from Marvel Preview number four, Marvel Preview eleven, and the Star Lord Special Edition, which I I have a collection called the Star Lord Magazine. I don't know exactly what that's collecting, but I'll probably pick that one up as well. Although from the artwork, I don't know if this is going to be the cover, but it does say cover by um, Ed McGinnis. So it looks like they'll probably feature his newer look, which is kind of uninspiring to me. I like his older, I like his original look, and I also like the stuff, the, the suit that he wore during the, the most recent Guardians of the Galaxy series that most of the characters have some kind of variation of. I kind of like that. Um, Daredevil Dark Knights, one of eight. This is solicited uh, for a June release, and it is by Lee Weeks, who's doing the writing, doing the art, doing the cover, um, and it's, uh, consider this sort of like side tales of the Daredevil character, um, but why they call it Dark Knights, I, you know, I, I know why they do it, but it just seems to me like, you know, that's not in Daredevil's lexicon, so I don't know why they would call it that. There's Probably so much more they could have called it, but I guess they want to capitalize on that phrase. Um, and then I saw, I don't read it, but I saw X-Factor 257 and 258 being solicited. And, and the storyline is the end of X-Factor, parts one and two of six. I don't know what that's about, but maybe somebody out there might be interested in that. Uh, looks like they're doing some kind of, um, you know. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Are they wrapping up Peter David's run because of uh, his stroke, because of his illness? Uh, or um, is it just another story? I don't know. But I thought I would spotlight it just in case maybe somebody else would know. Uh, we jump to some other companies here. Both Dark Horse and IDW have a number of things that are kind of fun. And I wrote them down to talk about and also to pick up later. We have The True Lives of the Fabulous Killjoys, number one of six by writer Gerard Way, uh, with uh, he's co-writing it with uh, Sean Simon and artwork by Becky Cloonan. Um, I really liked Gerard Way's Umbrella Academy. I think it took a lot of people by surprise. Uh, certainly the artwork helped um, by uh, Gabriel Ba. So yeah, you know, I'll, I'll pick this up and I'll give it a shot. Dark Horse is doing this thing now where as they solicit all their stuff, they're really going out of their way to get one sort of branding up at the top of the page. So for for that one, it says Killjoys. And for the next one that I want to talk about, um, The Black Beetle Volume 1, No Way Out, hardcover. This is by Francesco Francavilla. Uh, and he coined the term Super Noir, as they call it. Um, they're putting out a collection of the Black Beetle, and up atop it says Francavilla. So they're going out of their way to make sure uh, you know these pages catch your eye. But there's a collection of the Black Beetle if you're waiting waiting for that. It's coming out in August, though. This is this is uh, advanced solicited. Um, also from Dark Horse, we have Breath of Bones, a tale of the Golem number one, a Nazi World War II Jewish. Uh, centric story featuring um, the supernatural Jewish uh, entity known as a golem. And right across the top, they have Steve Niles. And across the other side, they have Dave Wachter doing the artwork. Dave Wachter, an artist that uh, we've I've been following for a long, long time. So very cool to see him in Dark Horse and with his name in such big lights. Um, 
We have the third Nexus Omnibus coming out. This is advanced solicited for August as well. This is volume three, collecting issues 26 through 39. Lots of uh, Nexus for me to eventually read. Uh, we also have Battle Pug, volume two hardcover, The Savage Bone by Mike Norton and Alan Pasalacqua. So another collection of Mike Norton's webcomic coming out from ID, uh, excuse me, Dark Horse. So then we jump to IDW, just because. And first up, we have the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles autobiography by Kevin Eastman. And it says here that, uh, you know, it shows the modest beginnings to the merchandising pop culture juggernaut. This collection of concept art, comics pages, and insider behind the scenes notes has been sold out and hard to find for years. This is $49.99 back in print. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles autobiography. That sounds really cool. Um, certainly, there are a lot of people who are experts of TMNT, but here you go. Now everybody can be an expert. <laughs> um, the other thing IDW is doing, which you know, kind of took people by surprise, they uh, partnered with DC Entertainment, and they are doing the Superman Silver Age dailies, uh, newspaper dailies, volume one, 1958 through 1961, by Jerry Siegel and others, Kurt Swan, Wayne Boring, etc. Uh, this is $49.99. They're doing newspaper reprints, which they do also well. And now they're doing them on Superman. And this is volume one. So this is uh, set to hit, uh, I don't know, it might not hit until after June or July. Um, yeah, that's cool. I'm definitely going to jump on that. So check that one out. Uh, what else do we have? I think that's it for IDW. Let's go back to DC. I missed something here in Dark Horse. Dark Horse is putting out... This is awesome. I think this is really cool. The Forrest J. Ackerman statue. Now, if you don't know who Forrest J. Ackerman is, uh, he is... God, you know, you could call him like the granddaddy of fandom, of sci-fi fandom, of fandom in general. He was the creator, editor, and principal writer for Famous Monsters of Filmland. He had a huge house that was just full of memorabilia from over the years. He was an agent, he was a writer, he was an editor, and his influence is all over the science fiction, horror, and fantasy community. So they are doing a statue in his honor. It's a little pricey. It's $179, a 13-inch tall statue. But I saw that and said, good, that's just really cool. You know, that, that uh, you know, he's long since uh, deceased, but um, I, just, I think that's awesome that he's getting his due. Okay, to DC. A couple new titles at DC. We have Superman Unchained, number one, by Scott Snyder and Jim Lee. I'm sure they're banking on that, making a ton of money. Uh, Batman Superman, number one, by Greg Pak and Jay Lee. Taking a look at their early meetings in the new 52. We have Larflees, number one, by Keith Giffen and Scott Collins as an ongoing, which I'm sure I'll pick up. Uh, and then Trinity of Sin, Pandora, number one. And this is the first of an ongoing that will round out the Trinity. Also this month, um, they're renaming Phantom Stranger to Trinity of Sin, Phantom Stranger. And I assume somewhere along the way, they're going to have Trinity of Sin featuring the question. Um, over in the collections at DC... The Silver Age Teen Titans Archives, Volume 2 Hardcover, on sale in October, 75 bucks, continuing the stories 
of the earliest adventures of the Teen Titans. So if that's your thing in archive format, there you go. Showcase Presents, which is the cheaper version of some of these uh, archive things. Uh, they're putting out a volume two of DC Comics Presents, which are the Superman team-ups, collecting issues 27 through 50, and DC Comics Presents annual number one. Love, love, love DC Comics Presents, the title. Uh, and there you go. You can get them in black and white in the showcase format, which is now up to $19.99. used to be about $14.99 or $16.99. Now it's up to $19.99. Um, and then... Moving to, I think it's going to Vertigo, maybe it's just going to DC Comics, uh, Kurt Busiek and Brent Anderson's Astro City Returns, with a new number one and a new ongoing series. We'll see how long it lasts. I didn't read Astro City, the first six issues. I picked it up with uh, the later series, the ongoing series, around issue, I don't know, five or six Um and uh, yeah, it's good. It's it's really good. I mean, the first six issues are amazing. The series was really good, and then it was hit with tragic delays because of I think an illness that Kurt Busiek had, and it never really found its feet again. There was the Dark Age stuff and um, some other miniseries here and there, but uh, hopefully this helps to rejuvenate the property because uh, because it's good. It's good, and I think there are a lot of people out there that um, haven't read a lot of that earlier stuff, maybe don't even know about it. So here here's their chance to jump in. Um, we jump to the back of the book. We have from Archaea something called Rubicon. Basically, it's a reimagining of Akira Kurosawa's The Seven Samurai through the lens of the Afghanistan War. It's an original graphic novel hardcover. It is $24.95. As always with these episodes, I'll include a link in the show notes so you can check it out for yourself it looks kind of interesting i thought the premise might catch somebody's ear from boom studios we have six gun gorilla uh this is one of six it's by simon spurrier with art by jeff stokely now i was going to be snarky and i was going to make a joke about how whenever you mix in wild west concepts with uh i don't know with anything ghosts or the uh, you know gorillas in this case <laughs> that they always jump right to the six gun right Oni has The Sixth Gun, a series called The Sixth Gun. I think Marvel put out something called With The Sixth Gun, or some other company did. And here we are again, Sixth Gun again, Sixth Gun Gorilla. However, the artwork is pretty cool from what the little that I can see here. Kind of reminds me of uh, a mix of um, Jeff Lemire with Ben Towel, if you know who that is. Uh, but I, suddenly I couldn't make fun of the book. It's about a guy who has a... Gorilla who can shoot some guns. Sounds fun. So there you go. That's from Boom Studios in June. What else do we have? We have here from Paper Cuts, the Smurfs Anthology, Volume 1 Hardcover by Payo. This is $19.99. Hard to believe that they've been around for over 50 years. And this is a, uh, a collection in original publication order of the early Smurf strips, which I think sounds awesome they were a comic that i used to read as a kid obviously i saw the cartoons as well and i always look out for some collections here and there whenever paper cuts puts it out so there you go the the smurfs anthology volume one hardcover jeffrey brown has a new book out from top shelf productions called a matter of life and it's a uh, basically uh draws upon the memories of three generations of uh brown men in his family 
Jeffrey Brown himself, his minister father, and his preschooler son, Oscar. So it's a little bit of a slice of life, a new work from uh, Jeffrey Brown, $14.95. Tomorrow's has two things out, Tomorrow Publishing, uh, their magazine, new magazine, Comic Book Creator, issue number two, features an extensive look at Joe Kubert. It's a memoriam to Joe Kubert, uh, taking a look at uh, his career and his life and, and the school and his kids, $17.95 for that. And then they're putting out the Star Reach Companion softcover for $27.95. It's a complete history and bibliography of the 1970s independent comic, comic highlighting its importance to the comics field. Star Reach. I can't say I've heard much about it, but uh, it says it includes works such as Dave Stevens, Howard Chaikin, Steve Lealoa, Walter Simonson, Barry Windsor Smith, John Workwin, Dave Sim, Craig Russell, Michael Gilbert, and so, so many more. So tomorrow's continuing to put out awesome reference material there. Speaking of reference material, finally we have the Silver Age of DC Comics 1956 through 1970 hardcover. This is by Paul Levitz. This is an expansion of the Toshin book uh, that came out, uh, you know, a year or so back or more that was over, it was huge. It was just a gigantic book all about the 75 years of DC Comics. So Paul Levitz is going back and adding new stuff and including new interviews. So it's an expansion of the book uh, originally put out by uh, Tashin called, I think it was called like the 75 Years of DC Comics. The first expansion was the Golden Age of DC Comics, and now we have the Silver Age of DC Comics, solicited in this month's previews. There you go. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Maybe there's something there that you'll, you'll want to look out for. Go to your comic shop and say, hey, why don't you order this for me? That way you are guaranteed to get it, hopefully, if your comic shop rocks. All right, you can reach me at peter at thedailyrios.com. Visit the website at thedailyrios.com and leave a comment on this episode page or any other episode page. And I will see you lovely people tomorrow.